dairy. The box is open, bitch. Yeah. Got to deal with them worms. <laughs> sort of a mixed metaphor, but that's fine. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> box boxes of worms. We made it. <sighs> we did it. I we, can't believe it's season one finale. I can't believe it. We have completed the first season, or we're about to complete the first season yep. of recaps for Hey Beautiful. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. One down. Eight to go. Eight to go. <laughs> eight, eight beautiful seasons to go. It just goes, it all, all, it all goes up from here, I yeah, would say. I agree. I um, agree. So, yeah, everybody, welcome to the final season one recap of Hey Beautiful. It was so hard to watch this episode and not talk to you about it before we talked about it. Oh, my God. It. Kate like, had a... She had to pull me aside via text and be like, yo, save it for the podcast. Well, yeah. And I mean, that was as much for you as it was for me. Like, it's so hard not to just talk to you about it. I know because you're my go-to person to talk to about these things. So I naturally want to talk to you about the episode, even though that's the point of us watching it. That's why I'm watching it is to talk to you about it on the podcast. But I have to wait. I know. know. Like, I could just feel myself getting into, like, the specifics. I was like, Kate, stop. I know. Keep some of it fresh for the fans. You know oh. what I mean? Oh. For the fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was also, I found, just taking my notes, it was really hard to transcend the character stuff and talk about the mechanics of the episode. Because I mm. love talking about, like, the structure. You're and, so good at that, too. It's your writing and, background, I think. And Thanks, friend. Uh, like, structure and theme and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it was... The emotions run so high in this episode that yeah. all I want to talk about is how I feel about it. So that may be all we talk about tonight. And that's okay. And, and that's okay. That's It's our podcast. We make the fucking rules, so. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, we also have seven legendary <laughs> moments tonight. That's crazy. Um, so thank you guys in advance for sending those in. We air those at the end of the show, so mm-hmm. be sure to stick around for those. If you don't know who we are, we are Hey Beautiful. I'm Kate, and this is Caitlin. Hi. And we are recapping every single episode of How I Met Your Mother one week at a time, spoiler free. Yep, that's important to us. Extremely important to us. Uh, So you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod, and be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes now before you forget. Uh, And that way you'll never miss an episode. And if you're feeling friendly and generous, feel free to leave us a review or just some stars on iTunes. That really, that really helps. Yeah. And yeah, so just stay tuned at the end for legendary moments and also some fun season one end of season announcements. Woohoo. Happen and end of season one announcements. (laughs) Woohoo. Disco. That's the one we're supposed to be using and I just keep using woohoo. I know. Yes, it's been a it's been a disco season. It so. has been. All right, let's dive in because we have a lot to cover. We do. So this is season one, episode twenty-two. Come on, and it's written, of course, by Carter Bays and Craig mm-hmm. Thomas, directed as always by Pam Fryman. And this is an episode from the DVD pack that had commentary. And so throughout the episode. Throughout this episode, I will be chiming in with some little tidbits from 
the gang. All five actors Mm -hmm. were on the commentary. So look out for those. And right up front, I can tell you that the commentary episode was the first time Josh Radner saw this episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He said he was nervous as he was watching it. And uh, Neil Patrick Harris says he cried at the end. But I mean, who doesn't? When I first started watching it, I told Kate, I was so excited. So like, woohoo, last episode. And then Mm. I remembered this episode. I was like, ugh. Yeah. I had to watch it over a couple of days and like take some time in between. (laughs) For real. No, I totally put it off. And I can tell you right now, this episode and two other episodes uh, will be very tough for me to watch. Yeah. So, but... But here we are, and there's and it's not just all bad. There's some good stuff For that sure. happens here too. So, oof, let's do it. So we open up at McLaren's, and we have Barney, Marshall, Lily, Ted sitting at the bar, and Ted leans back. So what do you think? <sighs> because as we know, <laughs> he wants to be with Robin, and everyone knows it's just not a good idea, especially the universe, as Barney points out, and he tells him not to piss the universe off because it will slap him. Unless Marshall says, your dating life is the glue that holds it together. And I'd love to see goes, whoa, chills. Anybody else get chills? I yeah. love that part. Because, again, it's Marshall and his, like, love for the supernatural. Oh, um, yeah. But Ted does not care. He doesn't care that this is a bad idea. It doesn't, he doesn't care that it's a mistake because all roads lead to Robin. And he's got to mm. do it. And, and then the universe through Barney slaps him. <laughs> and then we find out that the universe has also a plan in mind. And we cut to a weather report from Metro News 1. And it's apparently going to rain cats and dogs. Don't step in a poodle. <laughs> which is kind of a bummer because there's a big Metro 1 News camping trip. Which is pretty strange for a company outing. But okay, well, we'll believe it. Yeah. Um, and now it's going to be canceled. And Sandy's really bummed because he really wanted to have sex with Robin. And Robin tells him that she would have given him the I don't date coworker speech, but she she points out that uh, he must have that some bitch memorized by now. Love that line. I, me too. I wasn't going to include it, but I was like, no, I have to. She says some bitch. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, so back at the bar, Tad's telling everybody one more big, beautiful, stupid, grand romantic gesture. He's got to do it one more time. He's such an optimist. Mm-hmm. And... But he has a point because whatever he said, whatever Robin says, it's good. Whether she says, yeah, let's date. That's phenomenal. And they start dating. Or if she says, no, thank you, then he knows he did his best. And like we learned in Milk, sometimes you just have to make the mistake. You just have to make the mistake. But do any of us believe that he would really give up if she said no? No. Even at this point before we know what happens? Like, yeah. Come on. Come on. As the episode says. Come on, Ted. Come on. There are a, f- a few notes before we go further in this scene. Apparently the slap, first of all, it's the first slap we've seen. Mm-hmm. So yay. Hooray. Slaps are, as you may know, a running joke on this show. Also, the weatherman may sound a little familiar, but he might not look familiar. Because that's Vampire Lou, everybody. <laughs> the weatherman is Vampire Lou. The Vampire Lou is weatherman. Uh, Robert Michael Morris returns for, yes, an, for another gig. So that's awesome. And apparently Alexis Denisoff, who is Allison Hannigan's husband, 
since she has the inside scoop, to prepare for his role, he watched a ton of local news anchors. Really? Yeah. So all his exaggerated stuff, she said it's really not that far off or exaggerated at all. It's not. It really yeah, isn't. Yeah. And I love, I think it's later in the scene where he kind of switches back and forth between that like over the top persona and just kind of being just genuine. Yeah. Yeah. You do see that a little bit charming. Um, later on. Yeah. Charming. And I said that might be a little bit charming. Even when he does the, the freak juices flowing part. Yeah. He sort of laughs at himself. You know, and so that was that was which I can cool. appreciate. I laugh at myself all the time. Hell yeah, you gotta. Yeah, um, and the other thing that Alexis Denisov wanted to do, but they wouldn't let him, is um, so they obviously they put tons of makeup on him, like very orangey spray tan looking makeup. He wanted to keep his neck white. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that would have been perfection. But I don't think they wanted him to be that much of a joke. Lily inquires about what this big, beautiful, romantic gesture is going to be, and Ted reveals he's going to make her a mix cd (laughs) nothing better but just kidding he actually has a plan and needs to borrow robin's spare key that lily has the first night that they went out he stole a blue french horn as we know and he's going to top that by having a blue string quartet play in her apartment oh and lily uh slaps barney through the universe oh yeah they're right so we got the second slap and allison hannigan said she had a a great time doing that as well of course oh i'm sure it's crazy it feels like the blue french horn stealing happened so long ago like yeah it was only eight months apparently eight months and it's that for some reason season one like the beginning feels like a completely different show yeah and I don't know why I'm just realizing that now, but it really, it feels so far away. Well, we've also kind of taken a deeper dive through all yeah, of these episodes yeah. and we're watching them and then watching them again and watching them again and then talking <laughs> about them and then listening to yeah. the podcast. So, oh my God. Yeah. So there's so much room between yeah. season um, episode one and this. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to Robin's apartment and there is Ted. With Ugh. a shitload of red roses. Kind of cliche, but whatever. I know, it's I Ted. know. It's, it's Ted. Ted. But, know. I mean, it's Robin. He should know. Whatever. Anyway. Whatever. Um, so, tons of red roses and a blue string quartet. That's pretty fucking cool. It really is. I have nothing snarky to say. <laughs> and he's also wearing the suit that he was wearing in the pilot when he re-returned for her. You're right. So, there's little little touches. So, it's not just the cliche red roses it's it's these little inside jokes from their from their first date which is really nice and the fact that you didn't find anything snarky to say that said something i mean pretty surprised like i said the the roses and shit is Mm. cliche but it was really sweet obviously the the quartet is there and we see this the beginning of this running gag through the episode of the one of the quartet who's basically like their union rep the cellist (laughs) The cellist. The cellist is basically their union rep, at, you know, trying to advocate for the fact that there was supposed to be pizza. Hey, man, I'd be pissed, too. I love that little back and forth, that, like, C plot line the whole time. Um, 
And apparently Josh Radner, it cracked him up too. Robin comes home just as Ted is reassuring the group that they will have pizza. And she's about to unlock her door and see everything that Ted set up. But turns out she doesn't have her keys. And then Ted sees them sitting on the table. So she's locked herself out and needs Lily's spare key. But Ted has that. (laughs) So she calls Lily looking for the key. Lily is, of course, a terrible liar. Um, just barely gets gets away from it, saying, oh, just knock, and Robin has no idea what that would do since it's just five dogs inside. Um, <laughs> but while Robin is going on and on to Lily on the phone, we see Marshall walk into the apartment, and I wrote down, oh, God, I'm sick. Like, as soon as he walks <sighs> in and hits that machine button... I... I know. That's, that's when I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, yeah. Because it's everything's about to change. This... Woman is on the answering machine calling from the Russell House Art Foundation. Uh, fun fact, that's actually Janet Kagan, who is the Him Yim script supervisor, doing that voice. Oh. Yeah. You see Marshall kind of look over to tell her she has a message, but then it goes on, and they say that her application's been accepted. But we already kind of knew that. But I guess maybe this is just, like, the formal call to say that she's been accepted. And Marshall has a look of, like, that's weird, but doesn't... He's not immediately angry, you know? He's mm-hmm. He maybe thinks it's a wrong number or something. And um, Lily hears this happening and, like, all the blood drains out of her face. Yeah, she she's, tells Robin mm. just, you know what, knock, she's got to go. Or yeah, just yeah, yeah. open the door, whatever she says, I can't remember. Yeah, hangs up with Robin and Marshall just says, Summer Fellowship, like, has what? never heard this in his life. And we know that because she's been... She's been hiding this from him. Um, And I do love the quick clip back and forth between these two storylines. Yeah. Especially here, just the back and forth, like using the phone call to do that. Because then we cut to Robin knocking and the door opens and there's Ted. He's looking very proud of himself. I love the tube TV that we see (laughs) in Robin's apartment. So old. Uh, And... Robin looks so blown away as the quartet is playing. Obviously, I mean, you don't usually come home to that. And Ted starts confessing his love again. And he says, you know, we've I've done this before and, like, haven't done it wholeheartedly. So I'm just going to say it all now. I'm crazy about you. I think we should be together. And, like, I think it's great that he can be so open and honest about his feelings. But this is a lot. This is a lot. It's, yeah. Yeah. She looks just stunned, and there's a blackout commercial break. We come back. Robin still hasn't answered, so he asks her again, what do you say? And she says, yes, no, I don't know. So it's like the yes was her her instinctual answer, her gut, right? But then all of her reason and logic comes in with the no and the I don't know. I mean, it's clear that she wants this, and it feels right, but at the same time, There's all this logic that Ted doesn't want to deal with. So on top of that, she really has to pee and she's supposed to be watching Jeopardy. Like we're finding out that Robin is a serious creature of habit. And so she runs to the bathroom and Ted's totally like fucking up her flow right now after work. And then we get more of the the cellist talking about the pizza. And I just love this because he just picks up like they hadn't stopped talking about it. He just says, yeah, because when we talked earlier... (laughs) You like, said there'd be pizza. It, one reminded me of more people will come if you tell them there will be punch and pie. South from Park, South yes. Park, yep. Same. And, 
<laughs> and also like made me think is he paying them in pizza that would be fucked up if i know just i'm trying pizza. to think how it comes in i bet it was not a lot of money and then also pizza okay and also did he buy these instruments for them to play and then paint them because there's no way they painted themselves i don't know or are <laughs> they like a blue man group i don't know <laughs> a blue man quartet <laughs> is that a thing We'll never know. Robin comes back from the bathroom and wants to talk to him alone, obviously. And, you know, Ted's being Ted and she's trying to be logical about it. You know, Mm -hmm. we only just got back to being friends and, you know, our situation hasn't changed. We still don't want the same things. All that stuff is still there. And Ted's just saying, come on, you want to be with me. I want to be with you. It's the, we have chemistry, but we don't have compatibility, but let's, let's, Go for it and just, you know, take a chance. Ted sort of semi-jokes about going to Paris for the weekend. And Robin says she can't because she's going camping. There was the big storm brewing and the the camping trip got canceled, as we found out. Um, But now it's back on. And Sandy, on the air, just after that happens, just after the weatherman tells everybody that the storm's going out to sea... Sandy announces on the air that he is leaving Metro News 1 on the air. And Robin clearly had no idea. And if you watch Kobe Smulders, this is like an excellent bit of reacting. Yeah. When it comes to acting, because she's sitting next to him and he's doing all the talking. But you see her smile sort of slip a little bit. And then he when she starts getting confused and then when he actually says it, you see her kind of look over to like maybe where, like, the producer or the, the camera people are standing, like, what the, what is he talking about? And then you see her try to recover. It's just mm-hmm. this very cool, quiet little moment while you're while you're focused on Sandy. It's a, it's a nice moment. Yeah. They go off, off air, and Sandy jokes that he quit his job so they could go on a date, <laughs> uh, which isn't true. It's, it's charming and funny, but it's not true. It is charming and funny, and he seems, this is when I said that he seemed, like, kind of more sincere and genuine. Yeah, it's almost like leaving the job, he sort of feels more comfortable to be himself mm-hmm. around Robin now. So all of that, like, bravado and shit is over, and he it kind of drops, and he tells her that he put in for her to be the new lead anchor. Mm-hmm. And I just love when he says they're announcing it next week, act surprised. Act surprised, yeah. Because you don't, you don't get... You don't get Sandy Rivers without the Sandy Rivers stuff very often. And so that was just, that felt like a really sweet moment. Like, you really deserve this. I might joke around about, like, having sex with you all the time, but you really, you deserve this. <laughs> yeah, you've earned it. Yeah. And he pointed out that she does a good job and needs to be recognized for it and that he recognizes the job that she's done. Yeah. And the way to Robin's heart is is through her career. And so mm-hmm. he helped her out and noticed and and you know is giving her recognition and so she's like uh yeah I kind of do want to go to dinner with you now Mm -hmm. like she's seeing him in a new light and of course then we get right back into Sandy he says oh let's go on let's go on a date on the camping trip I roast a mean weenie (laughs) I love he like does this little like head shake yeah he does the Sandy voice yeah yeah so good. I love, too, when he says goodbye, he'll miss reading the paper. I know. 
That was such a good little joke. So we cut back to present day, which is Robin and Ted in the apartment, surrounded by the roses and everything. And Ted's being jerk about the fact that she's going camping with Sandy. He tells her not to go. And it's just really not a good look for him. Like this, this point of the episode, I'm not rooting for him because he is, is, he's treating her like he is already with her. Like you can't tell somebody what to do like that. You can't tell her not to go, even if it is a date. Yeah. And she's not your property, bro. Who are you? Who the fuck are you? Who do you think you are? And then when he starts getting into like, are you going to hook up with him? And then she says, I don't know. And he says, yes, you do. I'm like, fuck you, Ted. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but in doing that, he wakes up Robin's indignant anger, and it's amazing. Oh, she's so good. She's like, no, Ted, like, it's not all planned out, unlike your entire life. Like, I don't need to do that. I like a surprise once in a while. Like, get off my junk. Right. And... Like, it was just, it was amazing to see Robin do that because she, there was no need for her to be on her heels in this situation. And she just looks around. She's like, what is all of this? Like, it can't ever just be something normal. Like, let's go get sushi. It has to be Paris and a string quartet. And let's spend our lives together. And I agree with her there. Absolutely. Like, he is, he's so extra. But I also agree with Ted that they're totally past sushi. Right. But they're somewhere in the middle. They're both making points. Like, Ted's points get a little bit better as the scene goes on. Yeah, I think he kind of, like, recovers and rallies and has mm-hmm. much more valid points. Like, at first, he's just, like, raw emotion. like Flailing. Totally yeah, flailing. Yeah, flailing. He's, yeah. like, knows he's losing this battle and grasping at whatever straw he can find. And yeah, it's, he's just panicking and yeah. just, like, you can't go. Don't go. It's like, Ted, you can't. That's not how it works. That's mm-hmm. not how life works. So then he, he gets into the spot where... He gets Robin where she lives and is saying, you know, live in the world, touch the ground, make a mistake, make this mistake. And that sort of harkens back to Milk mm-hmm. last episode and the mistakes. And he's trying to pull her in to make a mistake, too. And I mean, it's totally true that Robin clearly keeps any sort of intimacy or commitment at arm's length. Mm hmm. And you can see her physically struggling with that, like in her face this entire time. So it's not like, it's not like he's trying to convince her of something that she doesn't want. Right. That happens a lot in real life is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, m- men, sorry, men. In general, uh, mostly, yeah. Men in general, it's a generalization, but a lot of times they think that they need to or can convince a girl to like them or date them. I mean, I just heard this crazy story from one of my friends recently about that, like two different guys that she met on match or Tinder or something like debating with her about meeting her and then also making out with her like debating, like, well, it's technically our second date because we've talked so much online. So we should make out when she said no to them. Like, no, that's not how it works. Exactly. Like, why would you want to, why would you want to be with someone you had to like badger into talking to you? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So normally what Ted is doing is wrong, but he's also her friend and he can see what she's doing. And that's putting up a a wall between herself Mm -hmm. and other people. Like she wants this. So you see it and, and she clearly wants to say yes, but something in her isn't letting her. It's just this fear of getting close to somebody. And, you know, she's really worried about 
you know, things not working out between them, and then what would that mean? Ted says he's going to give her some time to think about it, but then he's fucking had it. He's like, no, actually, I can't do that. It's a yes or a no right now. And she can't say yes, so. If it's not a yes, it's a no. It's not meant to be. Yeah. And she seems crushed. Yeah. But at the same time, Robin, get your shit together. Like, (laughs) go to a therapist. My Mm -hmm. Lord. Like, you clearly like him. I mean, there, of course, there are things that they need to work out, like, you know, right. most m- most of their compatibility things, but goddamn, take a chance on this guy. We cut to the bar, and we have Barney and Lily and Marshall and Ted sitting, and everyone's trying to cheer Ted up. He's so bummed. Lily tells him, good hustle out there. Oh. Can we just say, uh, as soon as I see the outfits that Marshall and Lily in, I feel fucking sick, sick. to my stomach. Yeah. These outfits are like, I don't know what it is, but these outfits are burned in my brain. That whenever I see them, I'm like, oh, God. And I just feel so sick. I know. It's crazy. I have never wanted to watch them less. I know. I was like, oh, no. Like, usually, especially when it's kind of like a more Ted-centric episode, I look to Barney or, yeah, Barney, Robin, Marshall, Lily, and whatever B-plots they have going on. Um, mm. But I didn't want to look at them. <sighs> because you know they're sitting there comforting <sighs> Ted while they're in fucking turmoil with each other. Oh. It's so hard. Especially if you've ever been in that situation where you have a really tough, mm. you know, kind a of A fight decision. that goes on and yeah. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even Barney feels bad, though. I mean, he says, nice try, buddy, which is, like, big for him. Yeah, absolutely. He seems... And even later in the episode, he's with Ted the entire time. Yeah. Like, sort of supporting, even though he's making fun of him. But <laughs> anyway, so Marshall points out that at least now Ted has some closure. And then that's when, of course, Ted slaps the table and pops up because it's not over. And everybody groans. And Marshall reminds him that it was in this very booth that he said, but Ted doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't mm-hmm. even care because it's meant to be. Because he means it to be. Boys, don't be like this. Don't. Don't be like this. This is a special situation where Ted actually knows the girl and knows that she has some sort of a mental block. But most of the time when a girl says no, just please listen and no. Yeah, it's no. No means no. Enough enough PSAs about consent. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, consent's really important. Sure is. Sure is. Consent is super sexy, too. Super sexy. With Marshall and Lily alone at the booth, they decide to unpause. (laughs) And then we hear future Ted tell us to pause and explains that this is something Marshall and Lily do whenever they fight. They would put arguments on pause, which would sometimes drag them out for days. But, you know, Chris and I do that. We don't really Mm. fight often. Even rare, more rare than as rare as we fight is that it's a really big thing. But sometimes you have to put it on pause. So we'll just like pause. So you are able to do it. Yeah, sometimes. Mm. Uh, I'm f- always fuming in the back of my head because right. I'm petty as fuck. Yeah, I can't get um, much done if I do that. But I also don't always have the words for my thoughts. So I need True. the time True. to pause and think about it and think about why I'm angry and mm. uh, put words to that. So. And I guess sometimes you have to, like, go outside and see people. Like, you kind of have yeah. to pause it. But it must be hard to pause it when the person is sitting right there. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. They're, like, like, right across from each other. The closest I can think is is when we were shopping for a house. And it was so contentious because yeah. Liz and I don't fight. Like, 
ever about anything. And we could not agree on a house. And I mean, I was just a crazy person about it. <laughs> like I told her that she wanted me to live in a soulless box and that I would like hate her for life if she made me do that. <laughs> like I was a crazy person and she knows that and I've apologized for well, it. But like we had to pause it at times, but yeah. if anyone even brought it up, it like nicked the artery and I was just like, Rah! Well, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This bitch. Yeah, let me tell you. But but Liz did pick our well, I mean she picked. She she convinced me to look at the house we live in now and I'm very happy with it and I've Same. given her full credit. I've given her full credit for that. Yeah, so. I didn't want to look at this house at all. Chris convinced me and I only went along to humor him. So mm-hmm. Same. And then I was like, oh fuck, she's right. I'm like, God damn it. They do know us so well. You know? God damn yeah, it. Yeah, Chris, then Chris says, why don't you listen to me more? Okay, well, I'm calm right. down. Like, whatever. Mm, calm down. Right. They decide to unpause their argument, which we know clearly is about the answering <sighs> the scene and the message marshall's questioning lily like you know an art fellowship in san francisco and all lily says back is i was never gonna take it and <sighs> i can see why miranda does not like her because she's indignant like she's so angry at marshall and yeah. i want to shake yeah. her she's very she's very defensive and sort of is not allowing him to be hurt about even her applying and not talking to him about it um, because she's, I mean, she's panicking. Mm-hmm. I will, I will go to the, my grave, def, not defending her, but explaining her. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, yeah, this is tough, but we also know that her saying I was never going to take it ends up not being true. Right. So she's just panicking. She just wants this argument to be over. She, I think at this point is still just trying to go back to her normal life, mm-hmm. but you can't, you can't un, unfeel all the stuff you're feeling about this. You can't, you can't tamp all that down anymore. So right. it's also really telling that neither of them have told their friends about this at all. Yeah. And I think that's a huge sign that they know that this is a very Big serious and serious and personal. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember when I was um, getting divorced <laughs> cause I, <laughs> this is my second marriage for anyone who didn't know that. Whatever. First yeah. wife's club. Yeah. <laughs> First Founding members club. right here. Kate and Caitlin. Um, K and K. KK founding members of first wives club. So when I was going through that, I didn't tell anybody, I didn't talk to anybody about it for like weeks until I knew for sure that it was happening because you kind of don't want to admit it. And when you admit it to other people, it makes it real. So I, I understand it, but that sort of tells you what the characters think is the gravity of this fight. Mm -hmm. It's worse than any fight they've ever had. Barney is telling Ted that barring an act of God, Robin's going on the camping trip. And so that puts the idea into Ted's head that that's what he needs. It's an act of God. And he's going to do it because he has all, all sorts of confidence being a mediocre white male. <laughs> he decides that he's going to make it rain. Using a fucking rain dance. Uh, oh, are, are we going to address how problematic that is? The braids? <sighs> the braids! I know. I know. There's, oh my God. Yes, this is terrible. This is a stupid part of the episode. It's let's just really. All, let's just all, yeah, it's, it's problematic. Let's call it out as problematic. Let's not do a deep dive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Penelope has a moment where she like calls him out for it. I tried to look her up. I didn't see anything about Native American heritage. Oh no, I do not think she is at all. So it's also sort of bad. I mean, like, I'm glad that the character's calling Ted out, but at least 
Or maybe that's she wasn't even Native American. I just assume oh, she no, was. Oh, no, I don't think she is. I think she's just a white girl that's studying Native American culture. It doesn't matter. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's very bad. We're sorry, everybody, for this. <laughs> yeah. But it does lead to an excellent slap fight between Barney and Ted. <laughs> Absolutely. During which Josh Radner apparently jammed his finger, and on the commentary, his finger still hurts weeks later. So, <laughs> Oh, so dramatic. Ted realizes that's the best way to make Robin stay is by making it rain so the camping trip gets canceled so then she can she won't go on it she won't potentially have a date with Sandy definitely won't potentially hook up with him Ted recalls that Barney dated a girl named Penelope who he used to sleep with and she's getting her PhD in Native American culture and he convinces Barney to call her so that she can teach Ted how to do a rain dance (sighs) Okay, we, we've, we've talked about how silly this is. Keep going. Yeah. So I'll just cut to we're at the uh, the vet, and Rob, one of Robin's dogs is being seen because the, the previous scene is just they're at the library, which is stupid too, and she's got all these books, and she says something about, like, it's a sacred prayer to nature, and the great spirit doesn't look too kindly in some white guy doing the dance to get laid. But, mm-hmm. uh, and yet here we are. Here we are. And, and yeah, here we are. Uh, it is important to know that this is Amy Acker, and she's awesome. She's an actress, or an actor from um, the Buffyverse. She was an angel, uh, and she starred alongside Alexis Denisoff on Angel. How about that? So, whatever. We're at the vet, and we see Robin, and she has one of her many pups up on the table. And she's, I guess had to bring the dog in because he ate too many chocolates mm-hmm. and Robin seems to have a really close relationship with her vet five dogs she's probably in there a lot yeah yeah and so she's like oh well remember that guy I was telling you about Ted he had like you know chocolates and flowers and all this and the vet's like oh honey no one does that and Robin's like oh I know and she then clarifies no like nobody does that Robin oh, and I love that Yeah, I love that, too. And Mm. Robin's kind of like, shit, you're right. Nobody does that. So this this guy is special, and I should probably see where this takes me. And I think she realizes she might have regretted Mm -hmm. turning him down. Because, listen, sometimes the thing that you're supposed to do does not feel comfortable. Like, look at what Lily's doing. And now uh, this with Robin, like... And that doesn't mean that you should force a relationship, but if you feel like you're holding yourself back from really being, like, close to somebody, Mm -hmm. take the fucking leap and do it. Like, YOLO, for real. Yeah, be a risk taker. For real. Mm -hmm. The worst thing is you get your heart broken. I mean, it's happened to all of us. Right. Get over it. Take some risks. (laughs) Yeah. You never know what'll happen. Hell yeah, and you'll get a bunch of great stories out of it. And at last, we come back to the Marshall and Lily storyline, because... They kind of just dropped it off. At like, last? Ugh. I know, but you're you're wondering where this is going because clearly they are just like on the edge. At this point, clearly they've been they've been arguing for a while and and Lily has gone from I was never going to take it and sort of being plaintive and kind of trying to like calm mm-hmm. Marshall down. Now she's like completely like just pissed and indignant and saying, "Oh, so you would for- forbid me from going?" So it's like she's ramping up to what she actually is planning to do. It's like her her like subconscious yeah. is fighting back. Ugh. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and Marshall says, it's what you've always wanted. And this is like the first time that you get kind of the idea that 
Marshall and Lily may have been together for 10 years, but there's a lot he doesn't know about her. Mm-hmm. It's like he's he's assumed this whole time that they were exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And because it's it's very clear that Marshall has wanted this his whole life. Exactly. He's been waiting for Lily, and oh, God, he's just, he's so precious. I can't. I know, I know. I was talking on Twitter with a couple of our fans, hashtag HB family, and... Someone pointed out that one of us had said this before that like all of these problems would be solved if people just talked oh, to each other. Yeah, that was definitely you. You always have the insightful <laughs> comments. I never would have thought of that. But like this is the first time in 10 years that Lily has said, I've wanted a lot of things and I haven't gotten any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of just been going along and and living the living the life that sort of the secondary life, the life that she didn't want but maybe she thought that she couldn't do any better but Mm -hmm. marshall's been completely in the dark about this how how could he have known and as a result we have now come from a huge switch from i was never going to take it to i need to do this before settling down right and what a gut what a gut puncher that is that's like a giant leap like it just a huge leap and she says it like it's consistent with the rest of the conversation right so it almost takes you a second you're like wait what you're no longer defending just applying now you're defending going right and and marshall says like like when did that happen when did we go from i'm never i was never gonna do it to i need to do this and lily like shouts like when you forbid me and Marshall here, mm. he's so, he's angry. Yeah. He says, I never said that. And you can feel it. Well, yeah, they're both just fucking panicking. Like, yeah. they're not even, they're just fighting about semantics right now when the big issue yeah. really is like, you are about to leave my ass. Yeah. Oh, God. So. Oh, I feel sick. I don't want to talk know, about it. I know. Someone on Twitter said we could just skip this episode. I said, no. <laughs> we are happy to sacrifice for you guys. Yeah, we're not skipping any episodes. Oh, man. God. This wouldn't Sorry. be the maybe, one. Maybe the musical, one. though. Fuck you. We're not skipping <laughs> the musical. There I just not enough musical in that. No, I love... You know me. I know. I love them. Then Marshall asks the question that obviously is on his mind is, what if you, like, the three months pass and you still don't want to get married? Like, am I just going to get my heart broken twice? Maybe we shouldn't get married at all. Mm-hmm. She says, yeah, maybe we shouldn't. And that was clearly like her just being pissed and, and right, firing petty. back. But they both get so scared and they pause. Uh, at the same time. Uh, I love them. And uh, so they decide to go to Red Lobster. And this scene <laughs> is just oh. so excellent. As usual, Carter and Craig do a great job of breaking up the drama with some comedy and. Mm-hmm. It turns out that they got to, like, use the name Red Lobster and everything because there was, like, an ad for Red Lobster, like, right after. Oh. It was, like, sponsored I... by Red Lobster. And I and Red Lobster, like, Red Lobster brought all kinds of seafood to the set. Stop. Yeah, and apparently it was, like, a huge feast. <laughs> and they even had, like, Red Lobster officials there making sure that Marshall and Lily weren't doing anything weird with the food that was, like, off-brand. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that'd be, like dipping it in soda. I have no idea what what that would be, but they like wanted to make sure that That's everything happening with the food was on brand. Can you imagine that being no, your job? No, I, I want that job, though, I think. Right? Hmm. This is, you must handle the lobster accordingly. 
Maybe it has to be shown at certain angles. Yeah, yeah. In a certain way. Yeah, like no, like you can't like you can't spray look the untoward. guts. Yeah, you can't right. like, spray right. the guts everywhere like a real lobster would be. So they get to Red Lobster and they're trying so hard to just be in Paws Land, but Ugh. Marshall starts crying because they're having such a good time, and so he must be just hey, thinking say something about, bad about butter sauce. I dare you. Yeah, they're just having a good marshmallow and lily pad time, and then Marshall remembers why they're at Red Lobster and just starts crying. And then soon after that, Lily starts crying. And then just to keep things from being too sad, the happy birthday song starts behind them. So they're like crying and clapping. And this is like the fake crying from Allison Hannigan. Because if it's the real crying, no one's laughing. Oh. She's so good. Oh. Yeah, she's like doing this like terrible, ugly cry. Yeah, yeah. So then we see Ted hopping around on the roof and Barney's teasing him looking at his watch, and pinpoints exactly the moment when it goes from funny to sad. <laughs> it was sad the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it was really sad. And and then suddenly, like, Ted decides to ask Penelope if she's ever even seen a rain dance. And it turns out, no. Classic PhD student. <laughs> yeah. So then we're back in the apartment on the couch, and we see Marshall and Lily sitting there together, and... If you've ever broke, I don't know if you've ever broken up with somebody who you still cared about, but you knew it just was not working and you still can sort of get along ish Mm. and you're sitting on the couch and you say like, how did we get here? You know, like you don't hate each other and you're just sad. Yeah. At this point, clearly, I mean, they've been talking about it even more and it's, it's pretty clear that like. They've gotten to a new point. Like, first it was, I was never going to take it. We're fighting about this for no reason. And then it was, fuck you, I'm taking it. And now it's like, oh my God, I'm taking it. I'm really going. Right. And he makes this comment about, you know, how a week ago or a few days ago, his biggest problem was, did Ted eat the last pudding snack? And I've done that when you have like a big major life change or a big life event and you think like, holy shit, you know, yesterday... What was I worried about? Something stupid. What was I, something stupid. There is a moment right there that got me, and I don't know if I, it's ever gotten me before. When he says that about the snack pack, Lily says, oh, I think there's one more in the fridge, and he says yeah. dibs. And it just reminded me of when they got engaged Yeah. on the kitchen floor. And they found the... Was it a Pop-tart, Pop-Tart under the, under fridge, the fridge. And dibs. Lily points it out, and he calls dibs. And they, like... At that point, though, they also, like, look at each other, so I wonder if they remembered that. Oh, stop. I know. And that's when they unpause. (laughs) Keep going. We need to get through this. This is so sad. So they unpause, and that's when they really kind of get down to it. Lily tells them that she knows that it sucks, but it's just something she's going through, and she's not asking him to understand it or even be happy, but just to support her. So it's officially happening now. Like it's official. And Marshall wants to, he does because he loves her, but he can't. Oh, when he screams because you're scaring the hell out of me. Oh yeah. Lily asks why, why? And he's like, Kate says he screams because you're scaring the hell out of me. That's why not. And he, this, Oh, he kills me. He says, what, what if you decide to be a painter and then you realize I don't fit into your life anymore and three mm. months becomes forever? Jesus. And then you see, and that's when you see that it's not, it's never been about like, you don't want to marry me right now. It's mm-hmm. like, I feel like you're going to forget about me. Yeah. He's so scared. Oh my God. This is really hard, guys. 
It I'm, like, is. Te- I'm like tearing up. I know. I looked over oh, and I thought it. I saw a tear of his reflection on your glasses. Oh, it's close. It's close. So, you know, Lily's, she's just, her heart is torn out. And Marshall wants her to promise him right now that that's not going to happen. And Lily's like, Marshall. And he's like, promise me. And Lily realizes she can't and she tries to pause she says, pause, and he yells at her and tells her that you can't use that, and she says, pause. And then she finally, I don't know, throws a Hail Mary, does a th- Hail Mary, pulls. I don't know, it's like sports. last ditch. Sports. Yeah. Not my not my strong <laughs> suit. A sports reference goes here when you have nothing left to do, yeah. and you try this one last ditch effort. So whatever the term is for that, yeah, dear listeners. Yeah, I throw a Hail Mary, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. So, and she just jumps on him and starts making out, and then we see them go into the bedroom. Well, the fact that she can't promise that. Like Ted says earlier, if it's not a yes, it's a no. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I I feel like maybe I I didn't realize when I was watching this before, obviously because I wasn't watching it with such an analytical eye, that she, like, wouldn't. Yeah. She won't promise that because she can't, which is so scary and sad. It's really scary and sad. But I think she's just done lying, you know, like all last episode and now most of this episode, she's been saying things just to make people feel better about it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to New Haven or I'm not going to take the fellowship and I'm not really going to go. So, I mean, I think now that she's admitted to herself that she's going and that she needs to do this, she doesn't want, she doesn't want like any expectations on her at all. So we're back on the roof, and Ted is still dancing like an idiot and embarrassing. Um, well, not even embarrassing. Embarrassing white people. Yeah. By yeah. being an idiot. <laughs> um, Barney's drunk, and Penelope's gone. Barney tries to tell him, like, these are your awesome years, and you're mm-hmm. wasting them. <laughs> you're wasting them being a total doofus. And Ted says he knows that. He knows he's being silly, but he loves her, and it's been like this for eight months, and it's not going to change, and... Basically, it's, it's not going to get any better until he's he's with her and gets to, like, go through that. And he says, I know this, the rain dance, isn't going to work, but it has to at the same time. Like when he says before, like, it's, it's meant to be because I mean it to be. So even if it's impossible, it has to happen. So then he starts just addressing the universe directly. Normal, normal stuff. Yeah. Just tons it's of hubris. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, so, you know, he starts yelling and saying, I need some rain, I need some rain. And then we get, you know, just a, a quintessential him scene where he's yelling, 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 come on, mm-hmm. come on. And then come on, thunder crash, downpour. And Barney just says, oh, come on. So <laughs> a lot of the title throughout this episode. And apparently, according to Neil, he and Josh only had one shot at this scene because they were going to get soaked and they would have to go back into makeup and everything. And they nailed it on the first time. It was perfect. So good. So, so good. And obviously this is a little suspension of disbelief, right? I mean, the odds that this would happen are not great, but there's sometimes a little bit of magic in the show and you just got to go with it. I like that. There's a little bit of magic. Yeah. And it's, and it's what he's telling his kids. So, you know, maybe it didn't rain then. Maybe it started raining a little bit later that day. Um, but as far as Ted is telling, he made it rain. We then see Sandy on the news, not on the camping trip, and he's telling uh, the viewers that the storm has moved back in 
and obviously the the camping trip is off. Penelope and Barney are at the bar watching the news, and Ted and Barney is just in disbelief that mm-hmm. Ted actually made it happen. And you see them do a tequila shot together, and apparently earlier Barney makes a a crude joke about how it took him. It took her five tequila shots to get in some position that she that Ted was in, like bent over or something. So clearly they're showing us that Penelope is about to get buck wild. Mm. And then they just start making out. And it's a really funny makeout scene. And apparently uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Amy Acker are like best friends in real life. Really? Yeah. And they said that this was like so awkward and that and Allison Hannigan said on the on the commentary that she'd never seen Neil so nervous. Really? Yeah, it's like make out with his friend. I guess it's pretty Aww. weird. Yeah, it's pretty cute. So we uh, hear that this is one of the worst storms in a decade, and Ted hops in a cab to Brooklyn and calls out to Robin, who happens to be by the window. Oh, yes. Convenient. Uh, <laughs> and calls down to her to come down, and she's like, no, you come up, it's raining. And he's like, no, you have to do it. You have to do it because... I made the rain and you know, he tells her he did his part and she needs to do hers. Calm down. I love that. Uh, him standing down there calling up is like a call back to him earlier saying, come down, touch the ground, live in this world, make mm-hmm. a mistake. Like yeah. come outside and get fucking wet, Robin. Yeah. In Ooh. all the ways. Oh, <laughs> Oh my, <laughs> my stuff. Sweaty under the collar. <laughs> Yikes. Uh. Yes. But yeah, I, I just, I love that little callback. We see her shut the window and she goes back in and she, we see her looking at the French horn and you see the Lama or Lima mm-hmm. award the, up on the mantle and yep. she smiles. So she goes to open the door and it's Ted. And she says mm. that, you know, she's like, I was gone. And he's like, I know they just are like making out. And of it's course like, Ted couldn't wait, but it's sweet. I would have been disappointed if he had. I know. I know. Oh, all right. All right, good. So here we are. I wish I could hold your hand. I know. I'm going to get us through this, guys. Don't worry. So at the end of the last scene and this current scene, the the final scene of the season, uh, there's a song playing. It's called This Modern Love by Block Party. Mm -hmm. And a couple people brought it up in the legendary moments that we received. Um, But I did want to just read a few lines from the song that it's really seemed like I will not be singing. But I just want to read read out a few lines because they really sounded like Ted talking to Robin, almost like in her head. And it says, what are you holding out for? What's always in the way? Why so damn absent-minded? Why so scared of romance? Ooh. Right? Yeah. Like, what's always in the way, Robin? Robin's in the way. She's in the way. She's been in the way of herself. Yeah. Self-saboteur. Saboteuse. As it were. Uh, So we see that it rained all night. We sort of get a cut to the next day. And Ted's in the cab. He's so excited. So happy. And he says, as I rode home, the city looked the same. The people looked the same, but it wasn't. In just one night, everything had changed. Literally everything, Ted. You don't have any effing idea. No idea. So he gets out of the cab just feeling so good, so excited. He's ready. on cloud fucking nine. Cloud fucking nine. He's ready to run inside and tell Marshall everything. But then on the stoop, sitting in the pouring rain in the clothes from last night. So how long has he been sitting out there? Oh. This is my first question. 
I can't think about that, Kate. I know. There's Marshall sitting on the stoop with the engagement ring. And he, like, holds it up to Ted, and then he, like, looks down and he, like, looks away. When he looks away... Oh, full crying. Oh, ugly cry. God, it's so bad. It's so bad. And I guess maybe on other watches of this, I assumed that he was sort of just holding on to the ring, but they were still together, but Mm. they fully broke up. Yeah. Like, it's... And which is so wild that it went from, I'm never going to take this to I'm going to take it and we're not getting married and we're not getting married to I'm taking this. And also we are not together anymore. That is huge. I don't think I didn't need to go that far, Lily, but I, I mean, I understand she wants them to like think about who she is, but I also understand (sighs) like Marshall, like that's not fair to him. Like if she can't reassure him, then like he said, right. why would that's, he? Yeah, that's yeah, cruel yeah. if you think about it to lead him on for three months. Good for him for standing up for himself. That's true, and but damn. I love how, you know, Ted sits next to him. It's like this really tender moment between the two of them. Yeah. And Ted puts his arm around him, and, and Marshall kind of like looks like he grabs his leg. I know. And it's just, it's so tender and mild. Tender and mild. Yeah, guys, I don't really have anything enlightening to say about this episode. It's just, it's such an emotional episode that I don't think there is much to say. Like, it was all about the plot. It was all about what happens. Like, there are a few episodes in this show where all that matters is what happens. And this, Mm -hmm. this is very much one of them. So, I mean, Ted and Robin got together. Great. Um, And, you know, the whole time you see the juxtaposition of the two storylines, you know, Mm -hmm. both leading very different very different places and it's just even knowing everything that comes after Mm -hmm. it is still so hard to watch i mean i think it's just so well acted i think jason and yeah jason and allison have built up such a good rapport during the season and they've developed their characters so well with each other that this feels like marshall lost a limb you know like yeah and and I totally get that people don't understand why Lily did this, but I fully understand it. And I understand and I'm because I've been in situations that are just there is going to be no good. There is no solution that right. feels right for everybody. And it would be very easy to just hate her, but I can't because I I love her so much. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure Marshall feels the same way. You know, I'm I'm like mad at Lily. Mm hmm really mad at her but i don't hate her yeah that's the difference for sure god damn it i already want to just do season two so we can like move past this but i know then again who knows what's gonna happen right right so long story short we're both fucking gutted from this episode yeah, i don't, I don't even want to like talk anymore <laughs> well lucky for us seven other people want to talk about this episode oh thank you Thank God for the children. We love you guys. Let's just jump right in and and crank these out because this was tough. I I can't really say anything else. Okay, so the first legendary moment comes from Abha. And Abha (laughs) says, uh, this is one of my favorite episodes from season one because Robin and Ted finally get to be together. I have too many legendary moments. That's why I said it's too much pressure. I can't choose. And she's not wrong, guys. Her legendary moment was basically this entire episode. Yeah. She said eight. And 
we love you, Ava. But we have mm-hmm. seven people to get through. So I, I asked her to pick just one and she graciously sent uh, sent us the one that she loves the most. So the Thank you. the legendaryest moment for Apa was uh, the scene between Robin and the vet when Robin's telling the vet about Ted and the vet says, nobody does that. And then says, no, honey, nobody does that. And it's such a good one. That might be it mine. It is a good one. That might be mine. But I don't yeah. know. I'll have to listen to everybody else's and see if I if, see if there's one that that y'all missed. Um, but thank you, Apa, and thank you for uh, for whittling down your list because these episodes are just getting longer and longer. Not yeah. mad about it. Love you guys, but um, but we did just full disclosure. We did cut down some of these emails too, just a little bit, um, just to really get to the legendary moments. But thank you for all the nice things that you guys said about us. Mm-hmm. We love it. Love it. Our next legendary moment is from Sam. And she says, hi, Kate and Caitlin. Congratulations on making it through a whole season. Woo! Oh, thank you. Woohoo! 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 <laughs> it's a pleasure to be joining you guys on this journey, and I look forward to your weekly episodes almost as much as I once looked forward to new Himium episodes. Thanks for helping such a great show live on. Oh, Aww. that's like the highest of praise. Huge praise. Thanks, Sam. I love it. Thank you. As one of the few Ted and Robin fans, or so it would seem based on everyone's recent <laughs> character rankings, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I feel I must dedicate my legendary moment to them in this pivotal episode for their relationship. Therefore, my legendary moment is when Ted is standing out in the pouring rain and Robin and one of her adorable dogs, which seals the deal for me, is looking out the window at him. For me, this scene and the initial appearance of the blue French horn are the perfect bookends of season one. See you and then parentheses, hear you in season two. Sam. Oh, that's a good one. That is a great one. Apparently the water was freezing cold. It was like severely cold. And Josh Radner said it was just raining like directly into his eyeballs that entire scene. So Oof. good job, Josh. Our next legendary moment comes from Joanna. She says, hey, K and K. I hope you're both doing good. My legendary moment is the end of the episode when Ted gets out of the cab and finds Marshall sitting in the rain with Lily's engagement ring. Okay, Marshall is my favorite and it breaks my heart a little each time, but I think it goes back to what you guys were saying about him being unlike other sitcoms and not being afraid to show darker storylines and really show the depth of characters. Mm -hmm. Amen. I also really like the contrast to the Ted and Robin storyline. It sets up the show perfectly, and you feel that this is just the start of it all. Um, and Joanna is one of the people that picked it because she loved uh, the song uh, This Modern Love as well. And uh, she said that she got her friend Pam to watch it him with her recently, and now Pam is a huge fan. I hope Pam is listening. Hey, Pam. Hey, girl. Uh, and so, yeah, so they're both big fans now. She like took notes and, and, uh, sent us a screenshot, which is really cute. Love. Um, and then she says, thanks for a great season. And I look forward to the new one. New is always better. Joanna. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love it. Awesome oh reference. My God. Love it. Okay. Uh, our next legendary moment. So we're at what? Four? Four. Yes. Oh, Halfway there. Halfway. Uh, Our next one is from Katie, who is uh, a fellow podcaster, and she, along with Drew, do uh, Thank Fucking God It's Friday, which uh, is a podcast where they recap all of the beloved shows for the 90s. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Great podcast. Mm -hmm. Very fun. Helps you uh, relive some great, or not. 
had some great childhood memories, right, Kate? <laughs> some painful ones? The moon juice. The moon juice. <laughs> Uh, Katie writes, hey, hey, beautiful. I haven't written in with a legendary moment yet, so I figured I probably should for the season one finale. When this episode aired, I was still firmly in the Ted camp. I thought he was the sweetest, and either I wanted to date him or he needed to be mm-hmm. with Robin. Aww. So when that moment, when it finally happens, he's standing in the pouring rain, asking her to come down. She's wondering what to do and sees the blue French horn. She opens the door and he's standing there. And now I can't listen to block parties, this modern love without thinking of that kiss. Mm. Love your podcast so much. and can't wait to continue on this journey with you into season two. In my opinion, that is the best season. Oh, thanks, Katie. Interesting. Interesting. Season two, the best season. (sighs) <sighs> agree to disagree. I mean, it's great, but um, I think f- I think five and six are yeah. Five and six are your favorite. <laughs> Lily just looks so smoking hot in those seasons. Anyway, next up we have a Twitter thread from our friend Dan about uh, his legendary moment. So he says, "Legendary moment for Come On is Ted and Robin finally getting together. Seems to be a common theme these days." Mm-hmm. Say what you want about whether it's a good idea, but I've had my but it's Robin girl, and the feeling when you're with them and things are good is indescribable. Aww. Oh. He said, like, a high five doesn't even cut it for that. It's at least <laughs> chest bump worthy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a high six? <laughs> um, and he said, by the way, if Robin existed, she might be my but it's Robin girl. She's exactly the type I end up falling for when I shouldn't and ends up inexplicably falling for me. From the look to the priorities to the personality. So I identify super hard with Ted in these moments. I mean, she seems like a catch minus the emotional unavailability. Hey, I'm pretty (laughs) unavailable. Unavailably. Emotionally unavailable? Thank you. Why can't I get that right? (laughs) I don't know. I just said it. Emotionally unavailable. I'm emotionally unavailable. (laughs) You're saying that I'm not a catch? You're a totes catch. Oh, thanks, girl. Okay, Uh, now we have two (gasps) voice memos from our buddies. Yay! Yay! We have Tanya, who you'll know from her accent, is from South Africa. And then we have Miranda, who you will know by her accent, is from Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. I love you. I love you. Let's hear them. Hello, HP family. My legendary moment has to be Lilypad and Marshmallow. Oh my goodness. My girl Lily and Bay Marshall had me crying. Like ugly crying, man. Oh my God. And I've watched this episode so many times and it still makes me cry. The actors play their characters with such tremendous sincerity that I felt their loss so deeply. I just wanted to climb through the screen, um, you know, go from the ring style and comfort Marshmallow. Oh, too many feels. Come on, writers. Anyway, my favorite line of the episode and one which I use a lot is Barney saying to Ted, you are forcing me to be the voice of reason and that's not a good look for me. I hate being the voice of reason. (laughs) I want to be the funny one, so I totally get that. Anyway, that's all for now, folks. Stay awesome. Bye. Tanya. Tanya, um... You are not the only one ugly crying to this scene. Mm-hmm. You're so right about the fact that uh, 
about the tremendous sincerity with which mm-hmm. um, Jason and Allison play this play this these scenes. I mean, it's just oh man, you feel it all the way down to your toes. Yeah, you do. All right, let's hear from Miranda. Hi, ladies, it's Miranda. I hope you both had a happy Easter slash Passover slash April Fool's Day slash Sunday. So come on. is one of my favorite season-ending episodes. I love it so much, but at the same time, it breaks my heart every single time. I love the fact that Barney, even though he makes fun of Ted the entire time that this is going on, he stakes with him the entire time. But my legendary moment has to be the conversation Lily and Marshall have. I know we got into a little bit of this argument in Twitter last week, but I'm a firm believer that he asked the right question. What is going to happen if Lily really enjoys San Francisco? Is she going to come back? I mean, somebody had to say it. He had to know. He had to know because he didn't want to be the person sitting there waiting for her only to have his heart crushed. He had to know. The fact that Lily's like, I don't know, I don't know, this is something I'm going through, I have to do it. That's good and great. But when you're in a relationship, there's two people that are involved, not just one person. You know, it's good that she went to go do this and we're all happy for her. But at the same time, poor Marshall's standing there wondering what the hell happened. And so it's good that he asked that question. I can't wait for season two. Season two is arguably my favorite season of this entire series. Everything about it. I love. So no more downer Miranda for you guys on this one. The next the next couple of ones are going to be hilariously funny because I love every single episode of season two. But I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Miranda, you make some good points. Definitely. Sure. She really does. I loved, I loved the point about how Barney makes fun of Ted, but he never leaves his side. Mm-hmm. That was so true. Um, yeah. I noticed that how same thing made fun of him but was there and supporting him yeah throughout and he wasn't alone yeah so i mean yeah deep down barney's a good guy but he's gonna do it in his way you know he's gonna Mm -hmm. get drunk and make fun of you because you kind of deserve it ted you kind of deserve it yeah yeah oh my gosh well thank you everybody for all those incredible legendary moments it's a great episode so great episode i know that this is sort of it's a sad one and there will be a couple episodes up ahead that are sort of a little harder to talk about, mm-hmm. um, much harder than this one, I would say. And I think most of you know which one I'm talking about. Um, but it's good to sort of get a baseline of just how how dark this can get as a mm-hmm. comedy, like how how crazy it can get. Because I remember the first time I watched this season through, I had no idea this was coming. And mm. I mean, what a face crack. This replaces any face crack in season one. Yeah. Face, yeah. face crack award goes to this shit. Because sure. right up to the last second, you think maybe maybe she throws that Hail Mary pause and they have sex and she realizes she wants to stay, right? Oh, instead, you get a sad Marshall sitting on the stoop holding a ring. Damn, the writers. As oh. as Tanya says, like they just mm-hmm. they just really go for it, but they don't do it in a way... That it feels melodramatic. It feels really genuine. Um, and that's why my legendary moment is is Jason Siegel and Allison Hannigan. Um, 
Especially mm-hmm. the scene where they really get into it. Yeah, and, for sure. And Marshall says, what if you just, what if you go away and I don't fit in your life anymore? <sighs> right? I cry. I, I cried watching it. Like, that's a, that's, that's a really scary me. thought. Right? I mean, this is his whole life and he loves her. It's not even just longevity. Like, they're best friends. They're yeah. in love. Yeah. And just to lose her? I can't imagine. I uh. I know. Just think about 10 years into your relationship with Chris and he's just like, I got to go do this. And I don't know what's going to happen. Uh. I still can't hate Lily, though, so sue me. All right, what's your alleged mom? I thought about doing, like, something funny um, because it was such a good downer episode, but it mm. has to be, like, Marshall. Just throughout the whole episode. I can't pinpoint one thing exactly because yeah. just – and maybe more Jason Siegel than Marshall, just yeah. his acting. Mm-hmm. Like, I – hurt oh even when they're sitting on the couch and she says on pause and the way he says on pause like every little every it was just phenomenal just give that man an emmy just like acted to the fucking ceiling yeah so so good holy shit yeah oh my god i feel like i uh, i just i feel like i can't even talk about this episode i just feel so sad i know luckily um so now we're we're at the end of the episode, in case you didn't yeah. realize that. Um, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so, well, for starters, thank you, everybody, for listening to this. Um, yeah. We started this six months ago. It's wild. And I don't know what we expected. I don't think we expected anything. I, I think we probably thought we were going to be talking to each other and to mm-hmm. the fucking void for, yep. you know, the universe, for, just nobody to the universe, uh, forever. And it's been awesome. This, this first season to meet all of these new members of our HB family and hear from you guys every week, either in a legendary moment or on Twitter, um, or, any other stuff you sent us via email, it's it's so cool to see that there are other diehard fans out there because I think the two of us, yeah, we aren't surrounded by how, how I Met Your Mother fans. It's kind of just the two of us uh, nerding out about it, and no one really knows the show like we do. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. It was crazy to open the inbox this week and see seven different people wanting to talk about this episode with us. So I'm just like, I mean, I'm already emotional from this episode, but that was. Very moving. So thank you. And I hope you guys will stick around. And I know we haven't really downloaded much on this episode. Like we haven't really unpacked a lot because it is just so emotional. Um, but luckily next week we will have a little mini episode. Mm-hmm. Summing up our our major feels for season one. Major feels. Little salute there. Oh, little salute. Yeah. Little major feels. Uh, so come back for that, and we and I I think by then we might be able to actually talk about about Lily leaving the way she did. Yeah, I need some time to process it. For real. I mean, I just watched oh. it. I watched it twice today. So, oh God. Um, yeah, I watched it right. I finished it right before we started recording. Yeah, because we both put it off because it's so terrible to watch. It's so hard. So well done. Well written, well directed, obviously, but just really rough. So yeah, so next week we'll have the mini-sode covering all of season one. And 
this is news to Caitlin too, uh, but mm. we need to take a week off after that <gasps> because I'm going to be in Jamaica. Oh, I knew. Wedding. Yeah. My sister's getting married. Uh, so I will be in Jamaica and I oh, will so jealous. be recording a podcast. And we all know. Kate is the backbone of this Shut podcast. Um, so, yeah, I definitely could not do it with just Chris. Oh, hey, it's Caitlin. <laughs> hey, guys. I didn't even think about that. I guess you could, but it's the beginning of season two. I No, you know. We need to be there for that. Okay, cool. So we will be off the week of the 18th, whatever that date mm-hmm. is. Uh, but then we will be back Thursday, April 26th for season two. Um, in the future, I don't know if we'll take a week off between seasons. Maybe. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how we feel, but this just happens to work out kind of perfectly. Do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up, Caitlin? No, I'm sorry. I just... I know. I know. This, this episode was tough. It's over. No one can hurt you anymore. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> so, again, thanks for listening to this episode and every episode, guys. Um... Uh, Normally, we post new recaps every Thursday, so make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss mm-hmm. an episode. And if you want to send us a legendary moment from Season 2, uh, Season 2, Episode 1 is Where Were We? So if you want to get a jump on that and start filling our inbox with some love for Season 2, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And you can send those legendary moments or any other fan mail to hey beautiful podcast at gmail.com and come hang out with us on twitter hashtag hb family at hey beautiful pod and on facebook as well we hope you'll come back next episode because it's gonna be legend wait for it this has been hey beautiful with your hosts kate gordon and caitlin turner our intro outro music is by owl all we did season one! That's a wrap! We did season four! There we go. <laughs> it's a motherfucking Woo-hoo! wrap! It's a wrap, bitch! Now I need to go cry. <laughs>